I'm Steve Backshaw, and you're listening to the Aussie Wildlife Show. The Easy Breezy from Borneo and welcome to OZ Wildlife Show live from Borneo Sabah. <laughs> so, the journey up to now. Where do we start off? We started off in the, on the Kinabantangan River Camp. A biological hotspot. The Mine River Camp, sorry. Our river resort on the yeah, Kinabantangan River. Some near. of the most accessible wildlife on the planet there, that river. It was, uh, in my opinion, that when when I've, I've been to Borneo a couple of times, three times now, and the river is probably my favourite bit. It's just pristine rainforest on a beautiful big river with some, you know, at the camp and that some really nice people. I would highly recommend it with good old Robert Chong. Yeah, what a phenomenal bird guide. He's retired yep. now, but he came out specially for you, Steve. He did. Well, no, I think it was for you when he heard you were coming. But he still does his tours. <laughs> so he still does his um, Kinabantangan birding tours. Oh, there you go. But he just, yeah, doesn't do a lot. So next week he's got another tour. It's a book, Robert Chung, if you're into birds yes, especially. highly recommend it. And even if you're not, everyone obviously is into birds. If you're someone who likes nature, you're going to like to see some birds. If there's extra stuff you want to see, like with us, we said we wanted to see reptiles and uh, inverts. So he actually brought one of his friends and a fellow guide with him, John. John Noor, I think it is. Yeah, John Noor. We will put all this information on our website. So if you're a twitcher, you will have an epileptic fit at the amount of birds that Robert Chong will point out to you as you travel along the Kilimanjangan. We saw six of the eight hornbill species that are found in Borneo. Saw several of the kingfishers and a lot of the raptors, so like the Brahmini kite, and the white-bellied seagull, which Australians would be familiar with. Wallaces. We saw the Wallaces, or was it Crested, Crested Eagle? Crested Eagle, yeah. Um, which is a rare one. And we saw the Crested Serpent Eagle. You can come if you've got epilepsy. Don't be scared about Adrian's comment. You don't let it put you off. Yeah. <laughs> so just get, get, get travel insurance, get <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> yeah, so we, the bird life, just amazing. But then it was great to see wild orangutans right in front of us complete wild orangutans and there was the uh, short-tailed macaques or pig-tailed macaques long-tailed macaques long-tailed macaques and they're a bit of a pest over here although they're native they uh, in the drier times when there's not much fruit around they will take baby birds and their and eggs of birds which um yeah when, when they first said to us like that the, the long-tailed macaques are quite a pest we were probably a bit offended because they're lovely little monkeys. They're, they're very cute fun little to things, watch. Right up until the point that uh, me and my wife Zeke got back to our room and a lot of things have been stolen by this pest that is known as the long-tailed macaque. Which is <laughs> <laughs> a definite pest. With the, uh, yeah, with the short-tailed macaques, I had it said to me a couple of times, don't make eye contact with them. So that just made me want to do that, Steve, and I did, and nothing happened. <laughs> you did nothing happen um, at all. <laughs> <laughs> but your experiences may vary. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do say that, don't they? Don't make eye contact with the big male macaque. But that's yeah. just that's just to me. That's just saying just, yeah. as a challenge. 
did. They put it out there and, and we took that challenge and ran with it. We saw saltwater crocodiles. We saw a, a couple of big adults. One huge adult that stuck out his back out of the water. We saw a couple of little babies as well. Some baby ones, yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. I like how the guides, like when we approached on the boat, they, we, we sort of scared the crocodile down. So they took off down the river and then turned around and kind of head towards it again then turned the motors off and just slowly just glided glide in, in trying to trick it that we've gone. And it kind of worked. We sat there and it came back and then a, uh, was it an egret landed? <laughs> <laughs> and we all loved the, what a beautiful bird, but geez, we were really hoping we would see it get eaten by a crocodile. What, what sickos are we? Were, there were two points where we de- the crocodile disappeared really close and we thought it's going in it's going in for the kill and the, and the egret was drinking oh, we were just had our cameras ready for it How filming bad it all was that really i know but it would have been great footage oh yeah um, but each time that the croc actually popped out of the water again further away so i think um i think actually in borneo maybe they eat crocodiles rather than Egrets eat crocodile. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, maybe it's that. It's the same species as we get in Australia, the estuarine saltwater crocodile. But there must be just be a weaker subspecies over here. They must be. <laughs> <laughs> They're not Aussie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Would have destroyed that bird, an Aussie. Would have destroyed it. Picked its teeth with its femurs. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to see reptiles, I mean, like we, we mentioned these guys are great with their birds, plants, invertebrates and things. We found just asking locals, because the locals tend to know where the snakes are, mostly so they can avoid them. And a lot of the snake species tend to stay in one spot. So we, uh, everywhere we go, we go snake, and they go, oh, no, 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 like thinking that we don't want there to be snakes. And they go, we like them, we like them. Ah, so you'll find throughout the day somebody will run up and let you know that they've found a species of snake. Yes. In the garden. Or and we've seen three, three snakes that, that were just awesome. That were tipped off by locals. Yeah, that were tipped off by locals. So that is great. We haven't hit our tree vipers yet or mangrove snake or reticulated python. But there's still time. What did we see? We saw a flying snake. That was mm. fantastic. And what was really funny is that as we were all trying to take photos of it, it flew from where it was actually in like a shed. And it launched onto one of the guys that's with us, wife, <laughs> into yeah. her face. Yeah. Um, and then launched onto his, his face. His face, Mark's yeah. face after. It's not yeah. very often you can say you had a flying snake launch into your face. But those flying, or yeah, the Draco, those gliding dragon lizards are fantastic. Yeah, we, we've, got, we've seen quite a few of those, actually. Lots of those, which the flying snakes actually eat. So you can get the flying snakes chasing after the Draco in these mid-air yeah. chases, which I've only ever seen on video. And there's a flying frog, which I think Mark saw. The Markesh frog, can't remember. Frying frog or gliding, gliding frog. Yeah. So with all the, all the upper canopy action, a lot of these animals have evolved the ability to glide, just like our gliding possums in Australia. And there's the, uh, the giant red flying squirrels, which we saw last night. Yeah, so that's on to the next camp. And I saw one of them glide, so go me. Yeah, so from the, from the river camp, again, highly recommended mine resort fantastic robert chong amazing great people friendly people great food yeah really good food. Oh, the food so good but then from there we've uh, we've come to sepilot which is where the orangutan sanctuary is the bear sanctuary i'm in the rainforest discovery center 
all three places are great especially the sun bear place i think it's quite amazing those sun bears are awesome animals mm, yeah great to go and see and go and see the success that dr wong that's right it's a good thing to support yeah there's a lot of uh, volunteers come i think you can stay for a month or two they put you up i saw the accommodation actually good accommodation and you you pay to volunteer but i mean what an experience getting to be involved in raising keeping caring for sun bears and the orangutan sanctuary do it too Um, you could do a month in each and these animals often get to be released into the wild so they're animals that have been rescued or orphaned so it's a good thing that they're doing yeah and although it sounds a bit wrong you you pay to be a volunteer like when you when you realize how much these things cost yeah so how much was it was it ten thousand What's the money over here? Uh, Malaysian ringgit. Was it 10,000 Malaysian ringgits, ringgits, ringgits a <laughs> yeah. year to raise an orangutan yeah. each year? Each year that's, yeah. that's per year. And, and they, they don't get to adult till what? Ten, well, seven years yeah, they're seven independent, years, yeah. but yeah. 10 years they uh, they raise them for at the sanctuaries just to ascertain they've got the skills to survive. So they become mum and dad and make sure these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, and they're, they're pretty much like soft released really on the in the sanctuary and and they can come and go as they please some of them go forever some of them hang around so yeah that was the orangutan sanctuary lots of macaques on that there as well winding the orangutans up stealing food off them (laughs) quite funny lots of baby orangutans it's just so much love i mean there's so many birds there's so many invertebrates and if you've got your eye in there are reptiles they're often the more elusive thing to find but Apart from geckos and water monitors, which are abundant. Abundant, yeah. Big water monitors. Big geckos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, gecko smithy eye. That's a massive gecko with its bright green eyes. So we're staying here at the, the Sepilok Jungle Resort, which is, again, quite a nice resort. Rooms are not probably as nice. Food's probably not as nice as the, as yeah. the river camp, as the mine resort. But okay, the river, just but be careful what you yeah. Yeah. Order Malaysian meals. Don't order anything that you think you know. No, yeah, spaghetti bolognese. Mm-mm. Uh, the dogs will appreciate really, it. Yeah, the dogs will. But that's it. about it. Yeah. So here you can. Yeah, we did the sun bear as well, where um, we interviewed Mr. or Dr. Wong. Dr. Wong. Which will go out as well. We'll have that on a podcast. Uh, that was great to hear the success that he's had since opening it in 2014. Yeah, they've done a lot of work. I can't remember how many they've got there. 43 sun bears? That sounds about right. I think it was 43 sun bears they've got there. They've got 10 huge... Exhibit or enclosures. Exi- yeah, I, I want to three, use the word three. enclosures. But yeah, no, they're not three are really, exhibits, yeah, aren't they? Only three are actually, yeah, actually exhibits. Seven are, are, are out there for the others where they have to split mouths up and things. These sun bears, cutest little... They're beautiful. Bears. They're big bears, really. They're just like the big arboreal bears. dogs. Yeah, but the way they <laughs> climb around and, and lay on the thinnest of branches up in trees and things like that is pretty awesome. Again, pictures of all this will be there. Yeah, amazing animals. Loved them. I came here in 2014 when that opened, and the the, the way that it looks now compared to them is amazing. So they're, they're ploughing a lot of money into that. Um, I think when I came in 2014, there were only two sun bears on show i mean there must have been on show 10 plus sun bears this time around yeah when i first came we, we sort of struggled a little bit to see them almost you did see them but they were quite a way away uh, whereas now yeah they're they're right there they're easy to see you will see them and they yeah they're stunning things and you can even take a sun bear home all rescued as pets 
they've got, <laughs> they've got soft toy ones that they'll sell you. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing we did. We saw proboscis monkeys. Kind of awkward talking about them. They're a bit weird. Um, mm. Massive noses on the males. Looking like they're wearing undies with their white yep. long johns and white tail. And Impressively ugly, aren't they? Yeah. They, <laughs> they've always got their bits out. They're yeah. always looking so... In fact, they make a big deal over it here. You buy a soft toy one or a t-shirt or a poster or a magnet. Yeah, and they, and they, got, uh, they draw the junk and yeah. it's and it's semi-erect, yeah. and they make it a different colour just always, to make it obvious. Yeah, it's just right, yeah. Europeans must go I for that. I almost said it's right in your face then, but that's not probably yeah. the right way. <laughs> well, so. but it is. I mean, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, but they're endemic to the island, so you'll see a lot of images of those around. They're, they're pretty proud of them. Oh, and we went to the uh, caves. I think we had a bit of a chat in the caves. Gomontong Caves, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, several of those caves around where they... We've talked about this, but they harvest nests made from the saliva of the swiftlets, which get sold mostly to China as a delicacy that they use to make a soup. Yeah, so bird nest soup, which I'm sure everyone's heard of because it's, um, it's always spoken about, about one of those foods that you sort of think, oh, would you really? Like, who was the first person that discovered and went, those birds are making their nests out of saliva yeah Let's make a soup out of it yeah and I mean, it's, it's natural to me it's natural you can't see it that's right or a logical progression really <laughs> the, these people that are hanging up there they they fall and die on a regular basis and i think that's adds to the appeal it makes you appreciate the soup they're between what they <laughs> the work that's gone into each your soup somebody died making what, that why is that soup so expensive well <laughs> it's all down to the life insurances that we have to pay out that's <laughs> um, why it tastes better it's, what is that between like 30 and 60 metres high depending on where they were yeah. and there's people down the bottom pulling ropes all communicating yelling yeah. it's, um, it's quite amazing didn't David Attenborough go up there He's, he went there um, yeah if you see any of Attenborough's documentaries you'll, you'll see the one with the caves um, he went there he went to Deer Cave which is uh, the biggest cave in the world some people may put on our Facebook page that it's not there's one I think in Mexico but they still they're still not really sure which one is bigger I think it's Mexico don't quote me on that I shouldn't have said Mexico take Mexico out there's another one somewhere else uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah I think Deer Cave is the biggest in the world and he did the other one which I think is in Mexico for I think it was something like a one minute take i think they spent months filming at these God, three his, places his game it wasn't yeah. recent obviously and he actually went up in one of those <laughs> things like he was in a chairlift thing and they'd sent him up to the top of the cave to jesus christ you wouldn't it, want to yeah. kill attenborough that'd just suck oh that, that would be that, that would not be, be good pr you've got to remember you've got to adjust to the humidity it takes a while to get used to yeah if you're not used to it don't let it put you off stay out of the sun keep hydrated and you will adjust. And when you adjust, it is tremendous. It's tiring walking around, doing long walks and things in the in the humidity and stuff. But it's the only way you'll see yeah. a lot of these things too. You've got to yeah. put in the time, but make sure you do rest, you do relax, you do keep your fluids up, keep your meals up. Yes, and you will have an amazing time in, in Borneo, we promise. And there's all kinds of accommodation too. You can go five-star. You can camp. Even here, there's, there's camping grounds here that you can bring a tent and camp. And there's a lot of organised tours. There's a lot of uh, tour guides that will meet you at locations. I recommend travelling around yourself, getting shuttled, 
but occasionally meeting up with a guide and getting a guide to show you around, to show you things that you wouldn't normally see. But those organised tours, I've spoke to people that have done them here and I've spoke to people that have done them and come back and just decided to travel themselves. And they said they much prefer being able to go at their own pace but still hooking up with some of the guides. You have to hook up with some. I think so. Because they do show you things. Reptiles is always the awkward one. Snakes and that, you know, because they are quite elusive. They're hard to spot. And unless you... you, I I think... I've done this a couple of times now. I think, like, especially in Borneo, you have to specialise in spotting snakes and putting an an immense amount of time into it. Because even the guides, like, they'll they'll spot the mammals and stuff fairly easily. Or they, they make it look fairly easy. But yeah, the reptiles are still quite hard. We did a night walk last night with a guide. Saw lots of fantastic stuff. Flying squirrels. What else did we see? Tazia. Uh, slow loris. Yeah, slow loris. The, the biggest scorpion I've ever seen in my life. Mm. That thing was huge. That was huge. Um, tarantulas. Big tarantulas. Yeah. Lots of amphibians. Flying squirrels. Can I just say, the butterflies in this place are amazing. Mm-hmm. A big wow factor. And, and I'm not yeah. a butterfly man at all, mm. but but it's the first they, thing you see. You, they you, are just as soon awesome. as you get out, you, yeah. you're just these massive, big as your hand. Yeah. So yeah, the night walk was great. I think the mammals, if if you go night watch at uh, spotlighting, obviously hold your torch by your eyes, bearing in mind animals' eyes are reflectors. Yeah, look for eyes shine up in the trees. It's often good to, if you've got a camera with a good zoom or a pair of binoculars even though it's night time you can see things and there's some really good field guides as well i've got a couple of new field guides and they've got a lot of the ecological aspects to the animals too so uh, fantastic stuff good companion guides we've done a lot of herping just walking around fruitlessly <laughs> always last night what did we see a, one of the a box turtle yeah a fan yeah we saw a box turtle amazing box turtle that pulled all of its body into its shell and then shut its shell yeah it's got a, f- a so hinged, got hinged plaster on yeah. and it can just shut its shell so we obviously got a screwdriver and try to get in there and we couldn't budge it spoons couple of spoons <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't we did not do we that we did not do that <laughs> we should have done that i wonder yeah. if they're still there no we didn't uh-huh. um, <laughs> those what did we mention those pygmy squirrels fuck they're oh, great they are the best tiny yeah. little pygmy squirrels we did mention them oh we did didn't we yeah, yeah when we were walking around we did go on. yeah but i've seen we've seen another one here oh they're terrific um amazing so actually all the squirrels the black squirrels with the red chests they yeah they're stunning awesome. too they're stunning yeah. oh a civet saw a civet last yep. night one of the civets couldn't tell you which one yet got some video footage haven't even looked it up um there's there's a a small fruit bat just sleeping just outside of our rooms yeah haven't seen any headhunters I don't think they do oh, that yeah. anymore. Yeah, I don't know if they still have headhunters anymore. But there's still some of the long houses. They built these very long houses on the river. So I think piracy is a bit of an issue or was a bit of an issue. So with the long house, they could run to the back of the house. I think that yeah. was the thinking. It, it was, it, they, they did the long house rather than just living in, in separate houses because uh, there was no electricity and things. So if, if these pirates were coming in or headhunters or, or I don't know, someone's coming in to to kidnap kill kill you you were better off being in a long house that every family had a quarter of you know of the house they, they would just sit there and in their own quarters and yeah they, they would then know that someone's coming rather than just being two or three people in one small house there would be 30 or 40 people in the long house and they could protect themselves a little bit better that's why long houses were were built so they were getting hammered by pirates and 
that's that's apparently how headhunting became a thing because if you would go out and kill a pirate and take its head as a trophy it became a status mm. you know it became like well that's what we want you, know, you want to marry my daughter yeah. prove to go me you're a you. man yeah i don't think that happens anymore here ah they're covering no. up <laughs> i think <laughs>